Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. All right, all right. And so the title of this particular message this morning that we're going to be dealing with, it is called Simply the Wicked Heart. And we're dealing with the fourth thing that God says is an abomination, and that is a heart that devises wicked imagination, a heart that devises wicked imaginations. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about this wicked heart, this wicked heart. And we've been talking about, you know, uh, these particular things that God hate, right? As we've been talking about what's an abomination to God, we've been talking about it's something that's very, very disgusting to God, right? This thing that is an abomination, these things, out of these seven things that God considered to be abomination, we're on the fourth one. But we understand an abomination to God is something that is very, very disgusting to God. And not only is it disgusting to God, it allows that feeling of nauseous or queasiness to be on the stomach of God, thereby causing God to want to vomit. And so, so in, in, in that sense of state that God may be in, God wants us to stay as far away as this particular thing or far away as from the individual who's operating in this particular abominable thing. So out of those seven things, we see that these are things that God hates. He hates it. it turns his stomach. It makes him want to vomit. So it causes God to want to stay as far as possible away from these particular things. Amen. And so, you know, you guys know, we've already, we talked about, you know, this proud look, you know, and, you know, I got this thing now that anytime I'm watching TV with my girls or, you know, different things that we may see, and I'd be like, proud look, right? Proud look. I just say, just based upon the look and the different things that we've learned according to the proud look. And so it's helping me to easily identify and understand the problem more, even as I look at the facial expressions of individuals, as I look at the behavior of individuals, I'm quickly and easier identifying these things that God has allowed us to look at in a deeper manner. And so looking at this proud look, and then when you talk about this lying tongue, you know, Pastor Ivan and I, we've been just talking about, you know, the scripture in Psalms 119, where it talks about remove from me the way of lying. You know, we, we just keep saying that to each other, like, listen, man, because you really just don't know how in depth or how ingrained lying is for some of us. That thing has been really, 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 really deep in some of us. And so with, without even thinking about it, we find ourselves lying. You know, uh, one revelation God gave me in regards to rebellion, but it holds true for line as well. Uh, the Lord told me, he said, listen, your forgiveness will cause you to rebel. If I give you an instruction and you fail to do that because you forgot to do it, listen, your forgiveness has now just caused you to cross a line and to rebel you. But same thing holds true. If I tell someone I'm going to do something for them, right? It is not just pushed me into a sense of rebellion, but it's also pushed me into a place of lying. It has made me now become a liar where the intent was not to lie, you know, and simply because I forgot because I have so many other things on my mind and I forgot, well, listen, that 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 still is, is creating a place for us in the lake of fire. And I refuse to have a slot created for me in the lake of fire simply because I'm lying. So I find myself, you know, with Pastor and I, we just be saying it's like throughout the day now, God, remove from me the way of lying. Like, Lord, please, like I didn't, I didn't realize how easy it is to lie. I mean, I do understand how easy it is to lie, but when you're not going with the mindset to actually lie, it is still very, very easy to be found in a place of lying. And that's just one of the many examples that I'm giving you how uh, you can see and notice how it's, it's even when you don't go with the intent, even when you're not trying to lie, you can still be found in the place of lying. So in order to combat that, we must find ourselves consistently trying to discipline ourselves with truth, just speaking truth, even regardless of how difficult the truth may be to speak some days, how, how crazy or how ugly the truth or how hard it is. We have got to discipline ourselves of living a life of truth. So as we live this life of truth we're speaking the truth because it becomes so easy to fall in the way of lying so we talked about this lying tongue and then we've talked about these hands that shed innocent blood you know and so we understand even when you look at uh, these hands that shed the innocent blood something that i necessarily i did not touch on it last week but when you think about it america is likened to or we're sometimes often identified as the second Israel because, you know, we're the only other country that's founded ourselves on biblical principles. And so when you think about that, uh, we even in our Pledge of Allegiance, we talk about we are one nation under God. So we, we, we've been founded upon biblical principles. And so, you know, a lot of the things that Israel has done in scripture, America has followed closely behind and doing some of the same thing. 
thing. And so we, as we talked about on last week, the hands that shed innocent blood as they were offering up or sacrificing their sons and daughters on behalf of these idol gods, these false gods, you know, here in America, uh, the thing that we see where innocent blood is being shed because we're a nation that pushes for, you know, choice, pro-choice and all these different things. We have a nation that pushes for, you know, uh, women's rights and all that. And I'm all for women having rights and all of those different things right there. But the thing that comes out of this, they're pushing for uh, uh, abortion. And, and we are a nation that slaughters. I'm talking about millions of babies per year just slaughtered. That's innocent, innocent blood that is being shed. Right. And even when you go into the scripture, there was a king by the name of Manasseh who, who caused innocent blood to be shed all throughout Judah. It says from 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 one side of the, uh, uh, the nation to the other side or from one side of the city to the other side. This is how much blood was shed. Innocent blood was shed. Right. To the fact that the Lord said you have caused Judah to not enter into sin. Right. And so think about this, though. We don't directly have our hands in it, though. We are not directly going to the abortion clinics and aborting children. And if you have, I pray, pray, I pray you will ask God to forgive you, whatever the case may be. I'm just saying, I'm not judging at the moment. When I'm speaking, I'm just speaking the truth in regards to the scripture, right? And so because we don't necessarily have our hands directly in it, but, but, but indirectly we are affected because guess what? When, 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 when taxes are taken out of your check that you work so hard for, understand that a portion of your taxes is automatically going to support, you know, the abortion movement. Uh, uh, it, oh, yes, it, it's going to uh, support the abortion movement. So the Bible tells us not to be a partake of another man's sin. So I have a problem with this. I'm like, God, mm, 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 help, 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 right? And so this is why we have to pray for those who are in leadership, right? We need them to give their ear to godly wisdom, to godly counsel so that they can move us away from some of these things because we are indirectly being affected by some of these things, right? And so as a nation, as a nation, understand judgment has been looming judgment has probably come because of the fact that so much innocent blood is being shed on a yearly basis right and it's such a fight i'm talking about it's a vigorous fight where people are fighting you know for the rights of women to have pro choices my body let me do what i want to do with my body i should be able to abort when i want but you're not thinking of the fact this is murder this is murder and regardless if you think it has a heartbeat or not it is murder and so there's so much confusion about this, but I really don't see the confusion. It's murder. <laughs> as simple as that, it's just murder. And, and like the Bible said, this is innocent blood that has been shed, right? We talked about this. So the fourth thing that we're going to be talking about, we're talking about this heart that devises wicked imaginations, right? And so when we look at the heart in the Hebrew context, right, we told you the heart and the mind are two words that can be used interchangeably throughout the scripture, right? So heart is defined as, these are some of the definitions that I begin to write down for heart. Heart is defined as the inner man, right? The inner man, but it is also defined as the mind. So again, you see why we say heart and mind can be used interchangeably throughout the scripture, right? Because heart itself is described as the mind. So the inner man, the mind, the will, or simply put understanding. Uh, there's a scripture where we talk about open the eyes of my heart. And what we're really saying when we say open the eyes of my heart, we're saying open the understanding of my heart. And when you understand Jewish culture or tradition, uh, uh, they would actually make decisions from the heart. It would be from the heart that they would make decisions. You understand? Uh, where they would give themselves opportunity to sit and mold and meditate on this thing and, and, and get an understanding, a greater understanding from the place of the heart where the decisions were made from them. They didn't just, you know, think about something and then impulsively make a decision. No, they were sitting, they would meditate on these different things. And not just that, if they were truly those believers and leaders, like we saw like Moses and Joshua, they would go to the tabernacle or to the temple and they would seek out counsel from the Lord about the, what decisions should we should do. Uh, and like you saw, especially with King David, he would seek the Lord God. Shall I go? Shall I pursue? Like, like, like they made decisions from the heart and, and in making decisions, they involved God in the decision process. 
process. They invited God, you know, to give them counsel, to give them wisdom about the decision that needed to be made. And this is where we tend to find ourselves falling into error because we refuse to invite God into the situation. He says, acknowledge me in all thy ways, right? And so just come on, invite me in this thing. Tell me what it is that you're trying to do. Tell me what you're thinking to do. Let me know what it is that you're trying to do. And most of us don't have the success that we're looking for because we keep God out of the equation, right? And that's what we find here in America, right? God, America is pushing God out of the culture so much so that it's now leaking into the church. That's why you got so many friendly seeking churches, right? We want to be friends, right? We're so concerned about numbers in the church, you know what I'm saying? We want to be able to say we got this many members and, and we're bringing in this amount of money and all these different things. But what about the souls? Are you are you building the life or are you just collecting numbers, gathering people for the sake of the say, I got this many people, right? Because what I found out, it is difficult to build the life. And in order to build that life, you got to walk with them day in and day out. And you got to reveal to them who you are, show them things about who you are and, and remind them how you failed at this point, how you erred over here. But this is how God pulled you out. This is how God delivered you. This is how God saved you. All these different things. This is called building a life. And this is what it is. We're building lives in ministry, right? We're building lives. So when we talk about this heart, this heart, this heart, a heart that divides a wicked thing, the inner man, the mind, the will, or understanding, right? This is the thing that divides wicked imaginations, right? Wicked imaginations. And, and some of, like, 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 this is the trend that we've been kind of dealing with. Some of these words for wickedness, right? Here are some of the definitions for the word wickedness or wicked, right? Uh, it is defined in the Hebrew as bad or evil or disagreeable, uh, not just that, but to be injurious, right? Meaning harmful to the to the living or, or or willing to bring harm, right? Or to break into pieces, right? And when you think about uh, uh, the heart or the moral compass, right? For some of us, the moral compass is it's it's it's, it's just broken. It's just torn to pieces, right? And so understand, it's talking about to break into pieces, right? Or wickedness also is defined as being hostile towards God, being hostile towards God as well as the things of God, the people of God. And so we see this in the culture of people like the Philistines, the Ammonites, all these different people, how they were hostile towards the people of God. And to be hostile towards the people of God was really being hostile towards God because God is the one who gave them the promised land. God is the one who blessed them in a manner that they were blessed, right? And so we see one of the definitions of wickedness is to be hostile towards God or hostile towards the people of God or the things of God. Wickedness is also defined as the guilty one. Uh, it's also defined as to act wickedly, to act wickedly. Then we simply put wickedness is defined as plan, device, mischievous purpose, or heinous crime. I'm going to say that again. Wickedness is also defined as plan, device, mischievous purpose, or a heinous crime. Uh, a heinous crime. Or it simply means to, to plan or devise with evil intent. To plan or devise with evil intent. This are some of the definitions for wickedness according to a Hebraic perspective, right? Now, I, I went to one of my favorite dictionaries, the, 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 the online etymology uh, dictionary, right? And it describes or defines wickedness simply as this absence of moral or spiritual values, right? And then it says uh, 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 wickedness is also defined as estrangement from God, being estranged from God. And it's also defined as the quality of being disgusting to the senses or emotions. The quality of being disgusting to the senses or emotions. And then it's also defined as morally bad in principle or practice. Morally bad in principle or practice. And then it says committed. It's also defined as committed unrighteous act. Committed unrighteous Acts. These are some of the words that describe wickedness in both from the Hebraic perspective and from the Latin and the old English terms, how we define and look at the word wickedness, right? So it says a heart that devises wicked imaginations, right? So even as we go and we look at the word now, devise it in the Hebraic context, right? The devise talks about, there's a word that, that, that devise is defined as plow plow. And most of us are familiar with plow, P-L-O-W, right? But when you go into the early century, the, 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 the spelling was P-L-O-U-G-H, plow, right? Uh, same context of what we're talking about, the plow. And, and plow was defined as what? 
cutting into or going through the soil or to break and turn over the earth, right? So, so when we think about plow, we tend to think about a farming equipment, a farmer's piece of equipment to help with the breaking up of the soil so that seeds can actually now be planted as the soil has been broken up and turned over, bringing up the nutrient-rich soil or this fertile soil so that the seeds can be planted, right? And we tell you that the heart, we refer to the heart as the fertile ground. We oftentimes pray God, break up the fertile ground of our hearts so that the seed, the seed, which is your word, can be planted in our heart and thereby causing it to spring up, God, and produce fruit from your word, right? So remember, we look at the heart uh, descriptively as being fertile ground and the word of God as being the seeds of God's word, right? And so now, understand when, when a heart that defies of wicked imaginations, it plows through. Right, it's plowing like this farmer machine where it's plowing and it's plowing through the earth and turning over the earth, right? Uh, but it also divisive is also defined as determination, meaning it is determined to do or achieve something, right? So determination is defined as de de determined to do or achieve something, or definition number two, making up your mind about something. Again, the heart and the mind can be used interchangeably. So a heart that divides of wicked imagination. So when this heart divides of wicked imagination, the heart and the mind both, because there is consistent communication that is taking place from the mind to the heart, from the heart to the mind, right? Uh, something called memory. Do you know somebody? Can you relate? Well, where, where a memory kicks up, right? And the memory can cause you to fall into lustful or perverted dreams, or uh, a memory can cause you to have just, just uncontrollable emotions because you, as you go back back to a moment in life where you felt extreme pain, trauma, whatever the case may be. And, and without, without fail, it can cause you to become emotional, very emotional, upset about what it is that you just remember. So that is the heart and that is the mind uh, in constant communication. Those are some of the things and some of the ways that they communicate, as well as just your day-to-day -day thought process. Those things, whether they godly or ungodly thoughts, you, if you don't handle them right, those thoughts move down into the heart and they produce real live emotions and real life feelings, right? And if you don't handle it right there in the heart, it then moves down to here, your abdomen area or the stomach area, where we understand the spirit of the Holy Ghost or the spirit of the man to abide. And so it then moves into your will. This is where you now find yourself carrying out something that started as a thought that then moved and produced itself or turned itself into real life emotions that then moved into the place of my will. Now I'm acting or I'm carrying out what it is that started initially as a thought. So a heart that divides wicked imaginations, imaginations in the Hebrew, simply put, is defined as a thought or to think, right? So when the mind or when the heart is made up, it is it, determined to do or achieve something. Do you know somebody and can you relate? Meaning your mind was made up. No one, regardless of what it is that they said, they can even put God into the, into the paragraph of what it is that they're bringing to you. But because your heart and because your mind is made up, nobody is talking you out of what it is that you have set your mind and set your heart to do. Uh, there is no changing your mind. You're going to do exactly what you thought to do. You're going to do exactly what it is that you feel to do. And you're not going to let anybody talk you out of. In other words, you're not going to let anyone stop you from doing what it is that you plan to do. Uh, because that's the divisiveness of the heart. Well, that's the divisiveness of the wickedness of the thought process that we deal with, right? So I'm determined to do or to achieve something. I've made up my mind about this thing right here. I've made up my mind about this thing right here. And, and I'm not going to let anybody turn me away from what it is that I want to do because this is going to bring me satisfaction right here. And even when we talked about well, last week, uh, uh, I was talking to the men on last week, right? And we were talking about our chain series, right? And we talking about these, these passions and because uh, we're talking about the crucifixion and all these different things and talking about the passions and the lust and all these different things, right? That, that that come with that. Well, when you think about this lust and all these different things, it's, it's, it's a pleasure in the senses of the individual, right? And so think about it, because we find pleasure in our senses, it, it brings us pleasure on, based upon the things that we're thinking and then the real life emotions that it produces, we find pleasure from what we've made up our mind or set our mind to do, even before we actually carry it out. Because of how God has created us, a photographic type mind, we see the image 
images before they actually happen. Uh, based upon the plan that you have designed, based upon the plan that you have put together, you see the thing taking place in your mind. And as it's taking place, it's producing real life emotions, thereby bringing you pleasure down inside of your heart. We are talking about a wicked heart, a heart that devises wicked imaginations. Now, before you got real, real good and saved like you are right now, and, and you didn't have to be a, 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 a fighter. Most of us are not fighters per se, but you understand you might not necessarily fight with your hands or two-piece set and all these, but make no mistake about it. You were in the business of getting revenge. You were in the business of paying folk back. If they did something to you, no, you were not going to let it go that easily. Now, it might have took you some time. It might have took you some time to develop your plan, but even if it took you two years, you were going to get them. And, and they had no clue that you were thinking the way that you were thinking, that you were devising this type of plan to even come after them. You understand what I'm saying? Because some of you, that's not even your character. That is not even what's portrayed about you. Oh, but God knows the heart. See, man is in the business of looking on the outward appearance. But like God told the prophet Samuel, well, no, I'd look at the heart. And see, when God sees the heart, he sees a wicked individual. Though you don't talk a lot of noise and folks talking to you, you quiet and you sit there, you take it all that stuff. But deep down on the inside of your wicked heart, oh, there is anger brewing and there is rage stirring on the inside of you. And there is revenge and there is bitterness and there is resentment that is stirring on the inside of you. See, most of us, we find ourselves that that rage, that anger, that bitterness, that resentment that's turning, that's kicking on the inside of us, it comes out in us talking back. It comes out in us saying something. No, no, you. we have to say something. It comes out in our elaborate, you know, talking with our hands, expressions of talking with our hand. And, and we move from there and we start slapping stuff, hitting stuff and clapping our hands and all these different things. Why? Because this is a manifestation of what's happening on the inside of us. I wish I had some help. Because it's coming from a place of a wicked heart, a wicked heart. My mind is set that I'm going to get you back. I know God said forgive that you should be forgiven. But listen, I'll ask for forgiveness after I get you back. You understand? Oh, y'all not lying. I'm just, I'm just being real. I'll ask for forgiveness, God. I'm going to pray that you keep that on die, God. After I do what I do, I'm going to ask for forgiveness, God. See, that's the type of mindset that I was rolling with. You got to understand, that's a dangerous mindset. See, they tell me you better worry about the one who's not saying something. Because the one who's always talking, they always letting you know exactly where they are, what they're thinking. But it's the ones like me that's not saying that. That comes a point where I'm done talking. And see, that's the dangerous point for you. You don't understand it, but I understand it because you don't have a clue what I'm thinking about now. You don't have a clue when I'm going to strike, when I'm going to strike and how I'm going to strike. And see, you have just made a grave mistake by allowing me to get quiet. Because now I'm wrestling with all the different thoughts, not just that I'm coming up with, but I'm wrestling with all the different thoughts that the enemy is giving me about you to do to you. How? I can even hurt you worse than what I was intended to do myself. Oh, and the truth be told, some days, many days, when I'm dealing with a spirit of anger, rage, murder, and all these different things, yes, I, I will open myself up to hear what plan the enemy has because, yeah, you've been doing this a little bit longer than me, so give me some wisdom. Give me some strategy on how to get them, make them feel it. They'll never, ever forget this thing. Yes, 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 yes. So I bless the name of the Most High God, but he's letting us know that it's a wicked heart. This is a wicked heart that is the devising wicked imagination having wicked thoughts wicked 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 thoughts when was the last time you examined your heart when was the last time you examined that heart down on the inside and, and went into those locked rooms of your heart and went into those crevices those dark places of your heart those places that you got locked up and chained up when was the last time you went into those places of your heart and explored and examined what was actually there what you hid what you suppressed what you call yourself forgot about because you just didn't want to deal with the pain or the trauma that they when was the last time you went into your heart the depths of your heart and, and, and try to figure out who you are and deal with who you are and deal with your thought process. When was the last time you really just took, 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 took account of your mindset where you begin to just explore your mindset to understand? Let me, let me just really, really, really take into account how it is that I think my thought process and, and understand what it is, how I feel it. I perceive things and put things into a perspective in my world. Let me just, let me just look at my thought process and look at how I perceive it in my heart. When was the last time you really did a, a, a a real, real self-examination of yourself. When was the last time you did that?
It said in a heart that devised of wicked imaginations, right? Uh, so understand this heart, this heart, this heart, this heart, this inner man, it is wicked, not just this inner man, but the mindset, it is wicked, the will and the understanding. So he's letting us know sometimes your understanding is wicked uh, in the means that you understand, in the means that it makes sense to you, it is wicked. And not, not only that, when we talk about wickedness, right? Uh, 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 we, it, it comes from one of these words, wicked too. It also talks about being twisted. It also talks about being perverted or to distort or it's troublesome. So there were days that your understanding of things, just how you perceive it, just how you understand it, it is troublesome because guess what? You're not perceiving it or understanding it in the right manner. Even when God tells us, you know, for the event, he says, study to show yourself a, cool, a workman right and dividing the word of truth. So guess what? There is a way that we have to look at God's word. We have to look at it the right way, right? And so just how we have to look at God's word the right way. This is an example how we must look at how we process things in our mind and how we process things in our heart, right? That's why it's good for you to talk to people about ideas. And that's why it's good to talk to people about things that you deal with, right? Because it's helping you to process things the right way. Because if you just talk to you all day, which some of you do, all you do is talk to you all day. You just bounce ideas off in your head and bounce ideas off in your heart, just having conversations all day with you, right? And you have told you that what you thought and what you understood about certain situations, that it's good, it's right, there's nothing wrong with this, but the devil is a lie. Your thinking is wicked because it's coming from a wicked heart. It's coming from a wicked place, right? If you don't believe me, let's go over to the book of Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number nine, right? And this is giving you a description of the heart, right? Let's look at this description of the heart. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number nine. It said, the, the prophet says what? He says in Jeremiah 17 and nine, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? He's telling you that the heart is deceitful. Not only is it deceitful, it's deceitful above all things. And Jeremiah, he said, the heart is deceitful above all things. All things, anything that operates in deception. He said, the heart is more deceitful than that. It's more deceitful. It's above all things that the heart is deceitful, right? But when he goes and he said, and it is desperately wicked, who can know it? This, this in the Hebrew context, talking about desperately wicked, right? This is what the Lord is saying. Because the heart is desperately wicked, it is saying this is a heart that refuses to be healed. Hey, my God. Oh, do you know somebody? Can you relate? Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Well, you've been done wrong in such a manner. You refuse Refuse to be here. In other words, I ain't letting it go. I know you saying, God, pray about it. God saying, forgive them. God saying, heal, be healed, move on, let it go. But the reality is showing you how desperately wicked your heart is because your heart is at a place where it refuses to be healed over this trauma. It refuses to be healed over something that happened in 1999. It refuses to be healed when your mama cuts you out. It refuses to be healed when your daddy never came back. It refuses to be healed when you talk about the person that touched you and they had no business touching you your heart refuses to be healed from this particular moment in time this space and time or from this particular incident that took place in your life oh but my bible tells me and we know huh, that all things are working together even that trauma is working together for your good even that rejection from your dad is working together from your good your mama cussing you out is still working together from your good now you probably don't understand and you probably can't see how it's working together for you but you your job is simply to trust God that his word is going to come to pass, that it's working together for my good, right? And stop holding on to that bitterness and stop holding on to that unforgiveness and just be healed. You got to tell your heart, heart, be healed. Heart, you will be healed. No. And if that's the case, if that heart continues to refuse, then say, God, give me a new heart. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Ask God to give you a new heart. We know it's possible because, listen, when, when King Saul was anointed, he came into the company of the prophets and stuff, how God gave him a new heart, turned him into a whole nother man. He was turned into a whole nother man. So we know it's possible. God can deal with you in such a manner that you can be turned into a whole nother man, a whole nother woman. It, it is, is there anything too hard for God? Hey, my God. Uh, the Bible lets us know there is nothing that is too hard for God. What is giving you a new heart? That's simple in the eyes of God. That's a small thing. What you consider to be big in the eyes of God. God looks at us and said, that's small to me. That's a small thing. Uh, it doesn't take anything. It doesn't require much to give you a new heart. Just your openness, just your ability to receive your faith, to believe that I would do it or that I can do it. 
Esau. He's talking about a heart that is as deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So Jeremiah describes the heart. It's deceitful above all things and it is desperately wicked wicked. Oh my God. See, you got to take close examination of your heart. He's letting you know it's, it's deceitful. It's full of deception. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yeah. When you think it's true, right? And you examine it in your heart. No, you have got to be mindful that your heart could be lying to you. No, my heart. There's a good possibility that my heart is lying to me. There's a good chance that my mind is lying to me. So let me go and check this thing against the word of God. What does the word of God have to say about this matter? What does the word of God has to say about this situation? What does the word of God have to say about this particular subject matter right here? I got, to, I got to examine it or line it up next to the word of God because my mind or my heart, which are used interchangeably, they can lie to me. They can deceive me. Right. For those of us, for those of us, for those of us um, who are now married and you know that you're married to the one that God has called you to be married to. Uh, what I found now uh, that there, there, there was always that that imitation that that comes first. Right. Uh, uh, that 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 that. That, 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 that trickster that comes first, that one that the enemy is trying to use to deceive, they talk the right game, they act the part, right? But when you do an examination of who they are, meaning you begin to discern them in the realm of the spirit, knowing them by the realm of the spirit, oh, you begin to see who and what is really hiding and lurking in the dark. And some of y'all have been deceived at times, you understand? Uh, some of us have been deceived at times because we thought this was the one, but, but the more and more we talk to them, the more and more we had conversations as we aligned ourselves with God and let God talk to us. See, I'm not talking about, I'm talking to them more than I talk to God. And see, that's where you run into the problem right there. You have more conversation with the natural man or the natural woman than you have with God about the person that you're supposed to be linking up with for the rest of your life. And that's where we run into the trouble right there because you're not spending time talking to God about them. God knows them better than you know them. God knows them better than they know themselves and say, God, what are you have to say about them. God, what is it that they're not showing God? What is it that they're not revealing God? Something is not right. I can't put my finger on it, God, but something is not completely right. And it, the enemy would trick us because he got to our heart and our heart was deceived. Our heart made us believe this is the one because they talked the good talk. They they opened doors for us. You understand? And, 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 and they would pay for the meals and they would leave a good tip and they would show me that they would take care of me, that they were mine. They held the umbrella when we walked in the rain. All these different things showing me that they was mindful of me. All these different things. No, they're deceiving your heart. Uh, you shouldn't be concerned about whether or not they're holding an umbrella. I, 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 I'm not concerned whether you can cover me in the rain, but I need to know, can you cover me in the room of the spirit? Uh, yeah, when, when my heart is breaking and I'm dealing with pain, and, and when the enemy is trying to come and attempt me with adultery or lust or fornication, can you back that spirit up off of me? Can you cover me in the room of the spirit? I ain't worried about the umbrella. Listen, they make little plastic. It has now get a Walmart bag to put over my head. That's the case. I need to know can you cover me in the room of the spirit? Can you pray and pick up when I ain't coming home telling you everything that I'm dealing with? Because you know, there are days, women and men, we do it as well. Well, we have days that we just don't want to talk about what has transpired throughout this day. The wicked heart has made us want to go to a place of silence. Uh, we're so frustrated at what is taking place throughout the day. This wicked heart has made us abide in silence and frustration and irritation. I don't want to talk about it because if I talk about it again, it's just going to make me upset all over. Over again, and I don't want to be upset all over again. It's when I come home. This is the place that I should be able to have peace in my own home, and I refuse to talk about what upset me or irritated or frustrated me on the outside of my home. Now, that's why some of us men we just go back at the sun because the truth be told, as a man, we're used to just dealing with our stuff, but because I don't have the authority, the power to deal with what I'm dealing with right now, it seems to be usurping this authority over me. In other words, I'm being punked, and I don't like this feeling of being punked. And so why am I going to tell you? Because telling you ain't going to make me not be punked anymore because tomorrow I got to go and deal with this same thing. And tomorrow I'm about to be in this place of being punked again. Talking about it is not changing it. Well, you got to talk to the right one. You got to talk to the one that's seated on the throne. You got to understand. Woman, this is why some days, many days, we don't come home talking, and you the same way. You don't come home talking because I don't want to relive that moment that I was just in. I was thanking God that I'm on my way home. He's giving me a break, a moment of peace, a moment that I can deal with myself, that I can I try to forgive them for what they actually did to me earlier in the day. 
But the truth be told, because of this wicked heart, this wicked heart, it makes me want to do something. It makes me want to respond in a manner that I couldn't respond on the job for fear of being fired. And this is the way that I'm supposed to provide for my family. But listen, I'm going back to the point. You better make sure he can cover you. You better make sure she can lift you up in prayer. Oh, she talk a good game. Now, she got a good support game. Man, she'll tell you, she'll ship you. Baby, you did a good job. Baby, all this stuff. But I need to know, aside from you cheering me on, I need to know, can you pray for me? Can you intercede for me? Can you pick up what I'm not talking about? When I've had this long frustrating day at work and I've come in frustrated and you realize and sense what I'm dealing with, I need to know, can you just go into the prayer closet and lift me up in prayer that when I step foot on the job site tomorrow morning, oh, some things have changed because you bombarded heaven and you caused the change to take place here in the earth. And I need to know, can you get a prayer through to our God? Man of God, I need to know, can you cover, can you pick up what she's dealing with without her having to tell you all the time? And see, a woman, she get tired of us. You know, her thing is now, she gonna tell you and tell you and tell you and tell you and tell you some more. But when she comes to the place of not talking anymore, she's so frustrated, she's so irritated because to you, you just don't get it. In her mind, you just don't understand. You just don't get it. Man, I wish I had some of the men right there who didn't mind helping me. Do you know somebody and can you well, the woman that you did with is so frustrated with you because you don't understand what she's going through. I mean, you heard it. You, you, you understood the words that you were saying, but you don't have the emotions and the feelings to relate to what it is that she's saying because we tend to be more intellectual beings, whereas they are emotional beings. Uh, and I'm not taking away from their intellect. They're smart as a whip. You got to understand, but they have a lot of emotions invested in the different things that they deal with. No, man, we, we cut ourselves off from them. We're not trying to feel them. That's why it's so easy for us to move on to different relationships because we didn't invest nothing emotionally. We didn't allow ourselves to get tangled emotionally. No, this was just a talk game. This was just communication. And we knew how to separate our emotions from what it was that we were talking and the image that were being created in our mind and in our heart. Oh, no, we're not about to let no love enter in over here. Pull that back, pull that back, pull that back. This is just a lustful thing. This is just a lustful thing. This is just a lustful thing. I can't fall in love with you. I don't care how good you are. I can't fall in love with you because that's, that's what there are too many more out there just like you. I can't fall in love with you. Whereas for the woman, you, 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 you're not accustomed to some of the things that he was doing. And so you, you, you just fall in love with him and the things that he's doing. And now you've got your emotions invested. So I understand coming back to the point, there were some women, they're so frustrated with us because we don't get it. They, they try every which way they know to explain it to us. They, they've even said it to other people and had other folk come say it to you. Well, maybe if I tell it to them and they tell it to him, he will get it. And we still didn't get it. Oh, my God. Oh, when you ought to be saying, God, help him to understand. God, help him to understand who you gave him. Help him to understand me as a woman. Help him to understand God, my DNA, my makeup, God, how I process things, God, how I sort through things, God, how I examine things, God, and examine myself. Help him to understand understand me, the individual, not me compared to this person, but me and the sight of God. Help them to understand me. Oh, get back to the Adam and Eve before the fall. Help them to know me, God, yeah, to know me for who I am, the individual that you created me to help them to know me, to understand me. But again, this heart is deceitful and it's, it's, it's deceitful above all things and it's desperately wicked. Who can know it? So, so Jeremiah, he's given us a description here of the heart, right? And, 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 and watch this. When we go over, because we're going to flip over to Genesis chapter number six, right? We're going to flip over to Genesis chapter number six. And we are going to now land, right, on, on, on verse number five. It says, and God saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, right? He said it, it, it was evil continually, uh, continuously denoting a season or a time frame. Not, not necessarily denoting forever, but a season or a time frame. It could be a day. Uh, it could be months. It could be years. But understand, he's saying, okay, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil only evil continue. So there were certain seasons, there were certain days, and there were certain years that your heart has been nothing but evil. It was only 
evil. And I know you want us to believe that you are goody too, shoe, but I know you ain't necessarily do nothing evil to nobody. You ain't come across saying anything evil to nobody because you were good at hiding your evil heart. You were good at hiding your evil thought process. Yeah, you were like me. When you don't do as much talking, you become good at hiding the evil that you deal with. But for the ones that just like to blab and run their mouth, uh, you're not that good at hiding stuff, right? Because the more and more you talk, if words are spirit in their life, uh, you are releasing the spirit of the things that you're dealing with. And so we begin to discern and to know and to see and to hear and understand what it is exactly and who it is exactly that you are dealing with on the inside. Uh, but for those of us, I'm not saying because you quiet that folk can't discern because that's a lie. What a deception if you believe that. I'm just saying, when you are quiet, you are more apt to become more secretive. Now causing a whole nother struggle to ride upon you to be on the inside of you. I'm not talking about the spirit of secrecy. But those of us who didn't talk as much, you dealt with a spirit of see a bad spirit of secrecy. Oh yes, uh, a bad spirit of lying and deception. Oh yes, you ain't gonna talk about it, but I'm gonna talk about it right here. That's why God has got to drill the word in us. He got the word. Get the word. Get the word. Get the word. Because not only is the word bringing forth that truth, but the word is shining that light on all of that darkness, on those secret, those hidden things. He had to drive that word on the inside of us, because again, the heart is deception. It's deceitful and desperately wicked. Deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. It refuses to be healed, even from the secrets that you hold. Because you figure, well, I kept it a secret. I haven't had any issues. And I know if I release this secret, issues are about to come with what am I going to release? Hmm. What a, again, what a deception. It's, it's the truth, the Bible says, it's the truth that you know that will make you free. But the enemy has got you so deceived and got you so confused that if you were to tell this, you no, know, see, you got to tell the secret to the right one. You got to release this truth to the right one that, that can help you understand God forgives you. God will heal you of this thing and who will help walk you through the process of the secret that you've been walking in. Yeah, so understand. He's 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 giving us descriptions of the heart and 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 showing us how the heart and when the heart holds on to things, right? We're gonna stay in the same book, we're gonna stay in the same book, but we're gonna go over to Genesis chapter number eight, and we're gonna land. On verse number 21, and the Bible says, and the Lord smelled the sweet savior, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, neither will I again smite anymore every living thing as I have done, right? So he says what? Anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. So things enter in. When you adolescent, when you 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 infant, things enter in, in, in the toddler season of the toddler, right? So he said, from his youth, for the imagination of man's heart was evil from his youth. So have you noticed? You don't have to teach a two-year-old how to lie. What you got behind your back? They trying to hide the thing that they want. If everything that you told them that they can't have, but then when you went into the other room, they got up and, and snuck and got it, and now they're trying to hide it behind your back. But they don't have enough sense to understand that you've already been there, done that, got the T-shirt, and plus that uh, you are towering over them. You can actually see the cookie behind their back. Little dumb two-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I said it. You dumb two-year-old. You dumb baby. We know what you're doing. So I understand. But this is how some of us are viewed in the room of the spirit. You're trying to hide stuff behind your back and trying to hide stuff in your heart as if God does not see it. Who tells you my eyes are in every place beholding the evil? He said, I, I'm looking at the evil first, then the good. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. From his youth. Now, this is what I want you to look at, right? We keep seeing this word imagination, right? This word imagination is interpreted as thoughts or purposes or plans or devices, right? Uh, and one of the key words is thought or to think, right? And this is one of the Hebraic definitions for the word thought, right? Or think, rather. Uh, uh, the he there's a Hebraic word picture that I want you to see, because as we keep talking about this word imagination, to think or to or thought, right? Uh, there's a Hebraic word picture that I want you to see. Mike, you got my picture? 
Okay. All right. So you notice this is a weaver's beam, right? This is a weaver's beam. And this is the Hebraic word picture for the word imagination or the word thought or the word think per se. So the word think, this is the Hebraic picture for the word think, right? Uh, it, 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 it means the fence of returning or the silent return. The fence of returning or the silent return, right? And understand this right here. When you're Thinking in the thought process because the mind and the heart are interchangeably, whether it be the thoughts in your mind or the emotions that have, have risen up from the thought process that have ended down in here, right? Notice right here, thinking or feeling, it's like a weaver's beam. What you're doing is weaving a tapestry of false thoughts or deceptive thoughts or deceptive emotions. You're weaving a tapestry and a tapestry is the image that has now been woven on the weaver's beam, giving you a full detailed graphic image of whatever it was that the weaver was actually weaving upon the weaver's being, right? But it's so detailed and intricate and the weaving is, it is, oh my God, when you, have you ever seen a weaver's being at work, the stitching or the weaving is so intricate, it is so detailed, it is so fine. It's a well-oiled process machine that is taking place. So understand, right? Our thinking, it's like we're weaving our thoughts together, weaving our emotions together, right? And, and understand this, so thinking or even remembering, right? It takes continued work. This, this is continual work day in and day out as I'm thinking, but not just thinking what I'm going to do, what I got to do, what I wish I could do, but also when you throw memory into the equation, now what I'm thinking and what I'm remembering, it takes continued work in the heart and mind. This is something that is going on all day. Even in your unconscious, your subconscious, your mind is still going while you sleep. Your mind is still going. Your spirit man is still away. Because again, the heart was defined as inner man, denoting spirit, as spiritual things as well, right? So all these things are still going while you are asleep. Understand, things are being woven in your sleep. That's why you have certain dreams. Things are being woven in your sleep. That's why you can wake up someday. You went to bed feeling good, but some mornings you just wake up depressed. Or some mornings you wake up fighting heaviness. Or some mornings you wake up fighting anger like, what am I upset about? The devil is a lie. Uh, some mornings you wake up struggling with unbelief or doubt, whether or not God can do it. Why? Because while you were sleeping, your thought process and your emotions were weaving images down on the inside of your enemy about different things that have been going on throughout your day that we have failed to really confess and deal with. So understand, notice now, it takes a skillful person to, to weave on the, on the weaver's beam, right? So, so, and if it takes a skillful person to weave on the weaver's beam, understand it takes a skillful mind to weave elaborate plans, right? Because one of the things we talked about, uh, 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 this wickedness, right? It's talking about divisive plans, mischievous or heinous crimes, plans that are put in motion. So think about it. You can look at some of these crime shows and you see elaborate crime schemes that have been put into motion. Why? It took a skillful mind to weave together from the beginning to the end of this particular plan that was going to be carried out. Whether it's a plan of murder, whether it's a plan of theft, whether it's a plan of adultery, whether it's a plan of uh, uh, whatever the case may be, it took an elaborate mind to weave together the image of the plan so that it can now be fulfilled or carried out, whether they get caught or not. Some things we cannot deny. Some of the plan, although diabolical, although wicked, they were very much elaborate plans put together. So it's showing you the proof, right? The weaver's beam is saying what? It, it, it is the fence of returning. And see, some of us, a fence is designed to hold things in or keep things out. That's why we say, Jesus, be a fence all around me. If Jesus is a fence all around me, we're saying those things that are trying to get in that don't deserve or that don't need to be in, keep them out. Right. But but then there were some things that the fences were designed to keep in, keep the love of God, keep the forgiveness of God, keep the peace of God, keep the understanding of God on the inside. So the confusion that the enemy brings or the hurt and pain that the enemy brings, the fence of Jesus can keep them out while keeping forgiveness and keeping love and peace on the inside. Right. But because most of us have failed to be delivered and we still occupy this wicked heart and operate in the space of wickedness, right? The fits of returning, we find ourselves returning back to moments 
of lust, returning back to moments of deception, returning back to moments of lying, returning back to moments of rebellion, returning back to moments of doubt and unbelief, returning back to moments of fear. Now we have not been held in because of this offense that we return back to. And for most of us, look at the next definition. It's a silent return. You do it quietly in the thought process of your mind. You do it quietly in your heart. Why are you there watching TV sitting next to your wife and, and the half-naked lady came on? She didn't understand that you just returned back to the silent pitch of lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh. And you didn't talk about how you got semi-wrecked right there while you were sitting next to your wife or watching another half-naked woman on television. You, it caused you to become aroused in your flesh. You just had a silent return back to the spence right here, weaving an elaborate picture in your mind that for some of you, even when you're being intimate with your spouse, with your spouse, uh, that elaborate tapestry of another individual, it now comes forward with these details that you wove it together. And some of you, you that's why you won't make no noise. Uh, yeah, because yeah, you're trying your best not to say the wrong name. You ain't going to help me, but I'm going to help you. And the truth be told, right here is a good place to say, listen, I know you want me to stop, but I ain't going to stop till you get enough yet. Yes, 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 yes. It's in those moments you'd be almost tempted to say somebody else made. Yeah. because you got this tapestry that is in your mind, an image of someone else's face, an image of someone else's body. Y'all not going to help me right there. So you just had a silent return. And see, you got to be mindful. You got to pick them up in the room of the spirit. You got to understand that facial expression. Oh, no, they weren't just smirking just to be smirking. It was nothing to smirk. It ain't nothing happened that would cause you to smirk. Oh, no, baby, that was spiritual. What are you smirking for? And if you ain't going to tell me, that's all right. I'm about to go to my daddy. Daddy, I need to know what is going on. Daddy, open my eyes to what I've been missing. Daddy, tune me in. Get me sensitive to what's going on in this atmosphere, what is all in this atmosphere? What is entering into this atmosphere? Daddy, I need you to sharpen my discernment, God. Let me pick up what the enemy is trying to let me be sensitive to, God. Daddy, oh, understand, understand. It wasn't just a smirk. You think they were just falling in? No, it's something behind that. That's why it's called body. Their body was talking what their mouth is unwilling to say. Their body was talking. What are they saying, God, in the realm of the spirit? I need to pick it up, God. I need to be sensitive. Because you and I got a deceptive heart above all things. And it's desperately wicked. It refuses to be healed. Now, we're not saying that your heart cannot be healed. Your heart can definitely be healed. But the mindset, the will of the heart is not to be here. It is going to fight God tooth and nail not to be healed. No, I want to rest in this place of trauma and pain. Zubito, some trauma and pain gives you, it, 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 it makes you become so angry that that anger actually gives you energy to get up, to do something. I have done some of my best cleaning in my house angry. I had to clean till I, I, I came out that spirit of anger. And the truth be told, it ain't take me four hours. It, 30 minutes and I was done with something that would usually take me two hours. Why? Because that anger fueled me. It gave me energy. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I want you to see how whether it's of God, because the anointing that comes from God is the fuel of a spirit we've learned, right? We understand. So guess what? In the light manner of demonic force can empower you. It can energize you to do things. Oh yeah, some of you weren't good at what you, it, it was a spirit, it was a spirit that caused you to be as good as some people thought you were. It was a spirit in operation. Good nigga, because there ain't none of that translate over here to the kingdom of God yet. You understand? Uh, what am I saying? Some of you, you were good at dancing. It, it, no, it wasn't you, the spirit that was making you move like that. Now, we see you dancing for the Lord and all your, there ain't no grace in your movement. You move your hand like a stiff statue. What the father, get out of here with that. Now, where is all that grace when uh, the money force was using you? Now that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, come in you, where is that grace now? You should be more graceful. More graceful. Now your four sisters raggedy. But in the world, when you was letting a spirit use you to seduce people, Oh, you was hitting all kind of runs and hitting all kind of notes and all these different things. Now, this spirit of figure out you're afraid to just release your voice unto God. So the significance that is housed in your voice can be heard and be experienced by the people of God, us into a place of worship. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't find that now. Number of spirit of fear. 
So some of those things that how you let a spirit, a, a, a demonic force utilize you in the word, some of those things have yet to transfer over here in the realm of the spirit, where you allowing yourself to be used by the spirit of God as a vessel so that the glory of God can be seen and witnessed. It's, 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 not, it's not happening. But the truth be told, coming back to the point, certain demonic forces gave you energy to do things. Gave you an ump about yourself, just get up and go. Because it gave you details on how to do it. It helped you understand on how to sin. And to sin well, I might add. Yeah. It gave you confidence, as the writer said. It gave you confidence in sin. Understand. So, so he said, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, right? Now, now I want you to look at the acts or the deeds of the heart. We're going to flip up to Matthew, right? We're going to flip up to the book of Matthew, chapter number 15. And we're going to land at verse number 19. It says, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, right? Matthew chapter number 15, verse number 19. It says, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are some of the deeds that take place. That is so deceitful above all things and desperately wicked that refuses to be healed. But those hearts and, and those minds that are constantly communicating and now intricately detailing details within the weaver's beam of this tapestry or whatever being woven, right? These are some of the deeds that come forth out of the heart. And the first thing it leads with this word thought, returning back to the fence or having a silent return back to this enclosed area. And he said, the murders. We just talked about that last week. Hands that shed innocent blood. Now, we understand some of you may not have literally physically killed no one, but you tried to murder uh, 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 their character. They call it character assassination. And then it talks about adultery. He said, if you lusted upon this woman in your heart, you've already committed adultery. How many times you looked at folk? And a lustful man have committed adultery. Now, we, we gave you other examples of adultery, not just the sexual intercourse per se. We told you communicable adultery. You find yourself talking to this woman rather than talking to your wife. Communicable adultery. <laughs> well, and then you'll tell the story, man. She's just easy to talk to. She understand me. Well, you ain't gave your wife an opportunity to understand you, you foul devil. What make you think she don't understand you? She probably understand you better than you understand you. We're going to help right there. And it goes both ways. Women, you'll talk to other men rather than talking to your man because you think he just incompetent. He just don't understand crap. Or some of us, we choose to act incompetent. Because we understand if I act this way, then you won't come to me as much. That's why we have man caves and all of these things, because we don't want to be bothered with all your trivial uh, feminine stuff, emotional stuff. I'm just telling you the truth from the perspective of a man. That's why we have man caves. That's why we're running high, because we don't want to talk. Want to watch the game. And if you're not talking about anything that has to do with action, we don't want to talk about this emotional stuff. We like stuff that blows up. We like bombs and we like fights and all of that stuff. We don't want to know that. Every now and again, we'll, we'll watch the lovey-dovey stuff with you because we want something. We're after something, right? But it's not our choice. It wouldn't be our first choice. Our first choice is to go to the things that explode and blow up and the, with blood and all of this stuff. And that's the thing that you don't want to watch. See, I'm just trying to tell you. So there's a such thing as communicable adultery. And what about financial adultery? How is it God has called y'all two to be one and y'all got separate bank account? I, hell, somebody help me. Somebody help me. Why? 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 You think she's going to steal your money? It, it, it's not your. It's your money. 
Bruh, bruh, you gave up, you gave up having your own when you said I do. Yeah, you gave up having your own when you said I do. Woman, you gave up having your own when you said I do for richer or for poorer. Remember that? Remember those vows? You gave up your own way back when. And if you're still walking around with two separate bank accounts, because the truth be told, you walking around with a separate bank account because you don't want nobody to track what you're doing. You don't want nobody to track where you spend your money at. Because again, your money is a good indicating factor that will show where your heart is. And you don't want nobody to check where your heart is. You don't want nobody to look at the bank account and say, no, don't, don't buy that. We can't buy that right now. You don't want nobody to say no to you. And you wonder why you have some of the processes or enter some of the processes that or situations or struggles that you do concerning money. Because y'all can't come together with money and just with the simplicity of having one bank account. So we can keep track of all the money. All the money. I know what I got in my bank account. But I'm still trying to figure out what you got in yours. You with your secrets, always turn it to the side, trying to put in your password. You foul devil. That's why you have issues with your money right there. Mind you, you tithe and all these different things. But why are we still having the issues? Because you have not come together and y'all not doing it together unto the Lord. Talking about financial adultery. So there are different ways that you can have adultery. Then the fornication. Uh, the, the fornication. That thing, he tell you, it starts in the heart. Mm -hmm. It started with what you saw with your eye gaze or what you heard with your ear gaze, which developed an image in your mind. And the mind started talking to the heart. Oh, yeah. Why some of y'all better be careful? Why y'all around here playing? Uh, Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan going to get some of y'all in trouble. And some of y'all not talking about y'all had a wet dream about Michael B. Jordan. Y'all ain't said that. Y'all ain't said that. At least not to us men you haven't. I wish my wife, my wife was trying to play with me one day when the got dog on uh, 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 Black Panther first came out. Everybody was going, Wakanda for Wakanda forever. And listen, you put your W up, you better put your W up for worship. <laughs> I don't care nothing about here a make-believe African king. I'm a worshiper, though. Understand that. She was trying to play with me one day like, oh, but well, that's a fine, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. So guess what? That ninja, that ninja is fine. Yeah, he's fine, brother. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So then she want to look at me correct, like, hold up, hold up. Now, ain't nothing sweet about me. I was just coming in agreement with you. Well, if you don't want to think nothing funny about me, don't come here saying nothing funny. Sucker. Yeah, I'm secure in my manhood. <laughs> Y'all got to get out of my house. Get out of my house. I got to get, get out my house. I got to put you out of my house right now. So I was just telling you something, right? But these are fornications can take place. And they come out of the heart, then thefts. How many times you've stolen attention from people? Because in your heart, what you're dealing with or who you deal with, it's not, they're not doing what you want them to do. They're not being who you want them to be. So you steal time from other people who you think understand you better, who you think knows you better, who, who's complimenting you, who's encouraging you, who's saying, I will pray for you, who's showing concern for you. And see, women, they just want to, they, they want you to ask them, how was your day? And we, don't be, we don't be thinking like that. We don't be like, well, how was your day? <laughs> like, like, yo, we be like, man, listen. Now, me, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I would be like, you all right? Yeah, like, like what was every now and then I'd be like, what was your day like? But typically, I don't have to say anything because my wife would come right home telling me. I didn't ask her. I didn't say, how was your day? She just came home telling me. But this is what happened at work. Um, did you not see the blanket over my head? I was a sign that I was, I was trying to sleep. Did you not see the blanket over my head? And I'm a light sleeper. You understand? But you would think that would be a sign. But sometimes people don't care. They, they like, Listen, I have had a hard day and I need to express it to you before I do something stupid. I need to get this out of my system. And there are times we just completely ignore folk. There are times that we're just, just insensitive to their needs. You know, but when you have a need, you want them to just just give it themselves to your need, just meet your need, right? 
imbalance. That's an imbalance. That's an imbalance. So stop. We got to make sure we're not just stealing time from other people, right? Then a false witness, right? Uh, don't go ahead slandering folk name. But then also look at it from this point. Many of us have been a false witness based upon how we live. You can pray real good. Yes. You can, you can pray real good. You can clap with the best of them. And, oh, don't let you get a tambourine in your hand and you can dance with the best of them. You know how to run off to the side and just get it in. You can do all that with the best of them. But when we examine your life, you live raggedy. You live raggedy. You are not a good witness. You will really be a false witness. You talk a good game, but live a horrible life. A raggedy life. You talk Jesus up so good, but in a bit submitted to him, you live a raggedy life. You are really a false witness. You ain't even got to go out here and talk about nobody cares. I'm talking about you and I'm talking about me. Many days we are the false witnesses. We live a raggedy life. And then he talks about the blasphemies that come from the heart. So we are talking about this wicked heart, this wicked heart. Now that's something when an eight-year-old would text and say, that's me. Now, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if the eight-year-old is actually saying it because they hear and see the adults saying it so much that it's become second nature for them to say things like that. But the fact that the eight-year-old is willing to say, that's me, adults, Adults, I'm gonna say shame on us when children can raise their hand, even take in a technological way, put up the little hand or, or type in the chat. That's me. Adults, you gotta check yourself if you're unwilling to talk about who and where you are. Mm. We know more than likely you're dealing with a wicked heart. And God gives us the description of this heart. He shows us the awareness of this heart and the acts of this heart, the seasons and times when the heart deals with different things. And he shows us the deeds and the acts that come forth out of the heart, this wicked heart that's full of deception. Oh, there has got to be change because God is saying, I hate that wicked heart. I hate it. So I pray that you were encouraged as we continue to press through and talk about the seven things that God hates. I pray that you were able to receive something as we talked about this wicked heart. And I pray that you would do a self-examination, examine yourself daily. Ask God to come into your heart, explore your heart. Ask God to search your heart. Try you and see if you find any evil or wicked thing in you. Ask him. See, some of us are unwilling to say things like that because we already know God is going to find something. And some of us, it's the thing that you're trying to have hidden. You already know what God is going to say. Uh-uh, uh-uh, give it to me. Give it to me. It could be that man, give it to me. Be that woman, give it to me. It could be that mighty dollar, give it to me. It could be that job, give it to me. It could be the glory there or the fame, the influence, give it to me. Some of us, we don't want to be in that place where we got to give certain things to God. Because the truth be told, you feel like you've earned it. You've earned the right to have what you have. I've earned the right to feel what I feel. I've earned the right to think what I think. But do you understand? You're deceitful. The heart that is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, that heart will have you viewing, perceiving, seeing, understanding things very, very wrong. So I pray that you encourage. I pray that you receive something of the word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.